<laughs> Hello, my name is Nick, and this is Insignus. By the time this comes out, it should be about the holiday season, so we'll keep this one pretty short and just get straight into the paper. I'm actually really happy that I got a chance to read this paper. I remember when it came out, a friend of mine actually sent me a news article about it um, because it had made pretty big news, and we'll see soon whether or not that may have been kind of overblown. You decide. So in our bodies, there's two kind of well-recognized spaces that are pretty easy to think about. There's the intracellular, intra meaning in, and cellular meaning the cells that make up your body, so the inside of your cells, and then extracellular, the stuff on the outside of your cells, which is mostly comprised of blood. But there's sort of this like intermediate space as well, that's the space outside your cells, kind of right between them, and the ones that aren't perfectly stuck together. And this space is called the interstitial space. An interesting way of kind of thinking about this space is that uh, the interstitium is also an architectural term. So you can have interstitial spaces in buildings as well. The interstitial space is kind of an intermediate space located between regular floors or kind of in the floor slash ceiling of the building's floors to allow for mechanical systems of the building without cluttering up the space that you would actually like to use um, for people in your building. Um, so it's kind of like this in the body as well. The interstitial space is the primary source of lymphatic fluid. So that's the fluid in your body that's filtered out from your blood to help carry away fat molecules and immune cells to places where blood vessels don't really go. And even from a more like gross, like medical uh, perspective, this space can also be pretty important because you can actually accumulate fluid in this space and you can get quite swollen. Medically, this is called third spacing when you've lost fluid into the interstitial space. So up until now, you might have thought that we've discovered all the parts of the body. Uh, we've been looking pretty closely at our bodies for hundreds of years now, and we couldn't possibly have missed anything. Well, apparently you'd be wrong. We're making better and better microscopes all the time, and we're getting much better at looking at things that l actually look like living things when we look at them under the microscope. And I'll explain that in a second. So for a long time, people have described sort of a web-like pattern within some tissues, mainly the liver, intestines, and pancreatic tissues. And no one had yet explained what that pattern came from. These authors have finally done just that, using what's called probe-based confocal laser endomicroscopy. They were able to see that this wasn't just a web-like pattern, but indeed a space, an interstitial space lined by connective tissue. So previously, this web-like pattern was thought to be an artifact. Not quite the same as you've kind of come to think of it from Indiana Jones, so I'll take a second to explain it. So in order to look at something under a microscope, you need it to be really well lit. Because when you use really strong magnifying glass, you essentially take the light photons that bounce off of something and spread it out a whole lot so you can see it at a reasonable size. So you can imagine that if you don't have enough light to start with, there certainly won't be enough light when you stretch it all out. Of course, this is a bit of a simplification. Now, since we need to get really close to things that are really small in order to sort of see them, it's very hard to shine a light on them unless that light is actually coming from the other side. And in order for the light to come from the other side and shine through what we're looking at, we need what we're looking at to be very, very thin. And getting these thin pieces is another source of many artifacts. Artifacts are essentially things we see that don't actually reflect what's there. And they got there because of something that we did to the sample that we're looking at. 
There are other sources of artifacts as well. For example, the light that we shine on the samples can sometimes be very bright or even a laser. So when you look at something for too long, it actually starts to break down because it's being shot at by a laser. So what we previously thought were simply artifacts, these web-like patterns I was talking about, turned out to be actually fluid-filled spaces that we call the interstitial space. Now, when I first heard about this article, the concept that was kind of sold to me was that we discovered a new organ. I scoffed at it because we've known about the interstitial space for a long time. This article is just the first to characterize it as well and tell us more about the makeup and the walls of this space, because it was sort of thought about before as not necessarily a concrete sort of a partitioned off space, but rather just somewhere that sort of theoretically exists. There's got to be some room between the cells. But now we know it's actually kind of a, it's a, it's a compartment that's actually lined by um, some cells and it's actually made up structurally by the body kind of on purpose. It's not just a consequence of having cells and therefore some space between the cells because you can't fit them all together perfectly. And the entire existence of these spaces is actually very well supported uh, by the paper, pointing out that its presence is, can be seen in published works dating as far back as the 1960s, though they weren't actually well recognized in these papers and thought to be, as we were saying, an artifact. Of course, the purpose of this space is not perfectly understood still, having just been discovered in the first place. Uh, positive purposes include a function in scar formation and healing, and may even play a part in cancer spread. Uh, the fact that this space is largely present in peristaltic tissues means that it probably doesn't contain static fluid, but instead a compartment that has flow. I'm actually going to directly quote a sentence from the conclusion of the article because I thought that it sort of summed it up fairly well um, and just doesn't repeat what I just said too, too much. So in sum, while typical descriptions of the interstitium suggest spaces between cells, we describe macroscopic visible spaces within tissues, dynamically compressible and distensible sinuses through which interstitial fluid flows around the body. So this is interesting. Whether or not this is truly a quote-unquote new organ is sort of up for debate. Um, but either way, it's nice to see that we're still learning and still discovering things about the human body, when a lot of people feel like all the low-hanging fruit of science are gone. So today's paper was by Petros C. et al., and was named The Structure and Distribution of an Unrecognized Interstitium in Human Tissues. I've been your host, Nick Zelt, and this is Insignus. Thank you.